Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is Season 3, The Course. Episode 1, Miracles, Perception, Separation, and Delusion. Welcome back. It truly has been an eye-opening experience since I started reading the book. It has many levels. I am hoping that my podcast will help those who struggle with reading it. I can tell you that each time I read it, I find something new I had not focused on before. I honestly believe the book will give you what you need at the time you need it, in the now. The book starts with this statement, and I quote, Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. I'm starting with this statement, and I will end this series with it. I think by then you may come to understand its meaning. Miracles. The book consistently states, and I quote, there are no order of difficulties in miracles. It could be explained by saying that miracles are everyday occurrences we choose to see or experience. Miracles are daily and they can be big or small, depending on the recipient and how aware they are of what is occurring. Miracles occur as a kind of transference between two or more people. Miracles are reciprocal, meaning that if you give, you will get back. I know we have called it many things, what goes around comes around, or some refer to it as karma, but we tend to look at these wise words from the negative perspective, like, he's going to get that for doing that to me. We took a perfectly loving experience and turned it into payback, the wrong payback. We have also been told that you should not give expecting to get in return. Miracles are not an expectation, though. They are a relationship and a connection made between two or more people. My son was given many gifts when he was confirmed at our church several years ago. This church follows many teachings and is open to sharing many different worldviews on God and spirituality. He was the only person being confirmed, and one of the gifts from our clergy was 10 $10 food cards to be given out to people in need. And his task was to determine who was in need. He was 12 years old at the time. And my son has autism and is a very concrete thinker. He does not take on many tasks whimsically. He must think it out. It became a bit of a burden for him. So I suggested that I carry them around in my purse. And if he sees someone he would like to give one to, he could just do it then and there. One day we traveled to Toronto. Um, it was an afternoon to catch a ball game. As we walked along the streets, my son observed many homeless people. He asked if he could give out some of the cards. I told him he gets to choose who they go to. He handed a couple out sheepishly, a little shy to approach. He just hands them to the people in need. It went well, and he felt pretty good. After the game, he spotted another man sitting on the pavement who was singing and was also homeless. He asked me for another card, and this time was noticeably more confident about giving one away. The man he chose to give it to, however, was quite taken aback. I tried to stay a distance so that the experience was for my son, but it became clear that something was amiss. I approached them and the homeless man looked puzzled at me. I told him that it was my son's wish to give him that. The man's face lit up. 
and he went on to tell us all the things he would buy with it. While doing so, he was looking for something. My son started to feel confused, and I repeated that we were simply happy to share this with him. The man finally found what he was looking for, and it was a coin. He said, it is a lucky coin. He wanted my son to have it. <laughs> At this point, my son was totally confused, because why would someone without anything want to give him something in return? I didn't know it then, but I know it now that that was a miracle. My son still has that lucky coin today. Miracles happen through an exchange. Sometimes the miracle giver does not see their part of the exchange until another point in time, but it always comes back. I think the receivers see the miracle first because it always seems to come just as they need it. Miracles are equality and miracles are always love. Miracles abolish time because they occur in the eternal. That place in time that has no relevance. Miracles come from people who are ready for them. To become a miracle worker, you must be a person who is ready for miracles. Miracle workers knowingly or sometimes unknowingly give miracles to people who can use them for themselves. Then inevitably, the receiver will extend them to others. I am sure you all know of a time you received a miracle. Finally, miracles correct perception. Perception. Our perception of this world is our own. It was given to us freely. We get to choose what we see, hear, touch and feel and how we interpret those things as well. Perception is a single view of the world around us. It's our worldview. Perception is mostly judgmental. We choose to judge what we see and evaluate its worth to us. Perception is not knowledge. Perception is what we think knowledge is. The best way to correct this world perception is to withdraw our faith in it and invest only in what is true or what is true perception. Let me explain. We have all heard of the golden rule. The Bible states it and it says, quote, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, end quote. So what does this mean? It means that we are to think about how we would want everyone on this planet to treat us, then plan to treat everyone on this planet the same way. We throw this around so matter-of-factly, but never really consider how wonderful it would be if we did this. Each one of us knows in our hearts and minds how it feels to be loved, respected, and honored for being who we are. The golden rule asks that we just extend the same thinking and courtesy to everyone else, no matter who they are, what they do, or how they look. It is a simple statement, but with more depth and difficulty than we would openly submit to. Perception is a response to what we perceive, and what we perceive is how we will behave. It is difficult to behave appropriately if you do not perceive correctly. This is not an excuse for inappropriate behavior, but it is a reason for it. Our perception, which is mostly judgmental, keeps us from being open-minded and open spiritually to those around us. We did not create ourselves. I think no matter what you feel about spirituality, this is not a debatable point. 
we were created. The question is, what for? If we spend our lives making this a moot point and choosing not to consider our existence and the existence of everyone in this world, then the understanding of perception thinking and the ego-minded is easily explained. Perception, if shifted to right-minded thinking, or true perception, will change everything you think you are and everything about what you think of those around you. It requires that you relinquish judgment. Stop judging yourself. Stop judging those around you and everyone and everything in this world. Let it be what it is. Make no investments emotionally, physically, or financially in being someone who judges others. It is a hard task. <laughs> it has been hardwired into us. But it is learned. And we can unlearn it. This all started with the separation. Separation. The separation occurred when we forgot we are spiritual beings living in this world. We became bodies, not spirits. The body focus is what caused the separation. It is only our minds that can create and the correction of who we truly are can only occur in our minds. We have that power, every single one of us. To say it is a choice seems too simplistic, but that is how simple it really is. The separation began when we felt we could create without our creator. And when our free will became our drive towards individuality and uniqueness, we surmise that to truly be alive, we must be our own person and judge all the others who are part of this journey with us. The more separate and divided we became, the split between our ego and our spirit grew larger. So large that there are many people moving about this life, never seeing who they truly are and why they came here. The separation confirms that nothing and everything cannot coexist. We would only believe in one and choose which one we believe. Fear and love are the same way. If you fear, you are not capable of true love. If you fully and completely love, then fear does not exist for you. Whatever you believe is true for you. You make it that way. It is important not to focus on this error. There is no correction in looking for answers and errors. Correction occurs when you choose to believe something different from what you believe now. People who hold on tightly to what they believe, <laughs> some will even die to defend it. Open-mindedness is the first step to shifting from separation to unity and oneness. Open-mindedness allows your spirit and the Holy Spirit to join in the conversation. Once you let in the idea that being separate and individual is a goal, that only takes you further away from the truth, further away from knowledge, and further away from our Creator. The separation was a choice. It was our choice. I believe the first step away from separation is to let go of fear. Let go of everything you fear. Fear holds us back and keeps us from the light. Fear makes darkness real for us and lets in insecurities, negativity, and judgment. Remember, the opposite of fear is love. Why would we purposely let fear replace love? Love is light, and love brings joy and happiness into our lives. Love is all-encompassing and changes the way we see everything. 
Spirit is the opposite and makes us fear everything. The only thing that is required is that we let it go. Period. It is again that simple. I told you my story uh, early on in the podcast about my conquering of a huge fear I had. It has been a few years now and I I cannot believe I held on to that fear for so long. If I find it creeping back, and not often I do, I quickly tell myself it's not real and let it go. It has been a huge life-altering shift for me. The book says, in referencing the Bible, so this is in the Bible, that the separation occurred when Adam chose to take an apple from the tree of knowledge. That it was the serpent or fear that led him to this decision. It also says that Adam fell into a deep sleep. But nowhere does it say that he had awakened. Illusion. It could be said that illusion is everything we see and encounter in this world. Illusion is created by our egos. The ego decides what it wants to believe, see, hear, and feel. The ego rules our minds as long as we let it. We are all egos in this world finding our way. The separation suggests that at one time we were spiritually connected to our true selves and had no need for an ego. So why do we have egos? It's our free will. Our creator created us. He does not control us. He gave us the ability to make our own choices and to decide what and who we are in this world. I personally believe he shouldn't have done that. (laughs) The biggest source of the off-balance state between the ego and our spirit is the misunderstanding of our body's purpose and our thoughts of God. We see ourselves as bodies. We relate to ourselves as bodies. The connection to this world stems from attachment and self-identity. When we attach ourselves to people and things, then we view our existence based on them. The people and things become part of us, the part of us we choose to be in this world. I use the word part because it is not who we truly are. The other part is our spirit and our eternal existence, hence the split or separation. Our body is the home of our ego. It is of this world just as our bodies are. The ego was created by us and it is controlled by us. Our spirit lives in our minds. It is within our minds that we can control everything and anything we want in this world. Learning is what drives us. We learn best when we believe what we are learning has some value to us. The ego usually chooses things to learn that has no lasting value. It chooses things in this world knowing that we are not actually of this world. As spiritual beings, we eventually leave. It goes with the saying, you can't take it with you. (laughs) The ego has a preoccupation with problems with no solutions. The ego never considers asking the question, what is it for? This is an important question to ask in connection to everything you encounter. What is the purpose? When you make a decision with a purpose, then you have made a decision that will remain in effect unless you change your mind. The ego and the spirit are not connected, and they do not know each other. Yes, they both exist in our minds. We can access both of those thought systems. It's important to remember that they are totally separate, though. If we choose a life of attachment to things and people, one filled with greed and self-importance, if we choose to look out for number one 
as part of our self-identification and self-preservation, then we have chosen to live this life in our ego thought system. We have chosen to see ourselves as separated and disconnected from our spirit. Finally, we have chosen not to believe in a higher purpose or a spiritual oneness. The good news is we can change that anytime we choose. If we access our spirit mind and make choices based on oneness and wholeness, then the problems of this world will not seem so big. The problems of this world will hold no value and no problems will have, sorry, and problems will have reconcilable solutions. Peace and joy will be seen and felt at last. Our spirit mind with the guidance of the Holy Spirit is a mind at peace. It is a mind full of wonder and loving thoughts. It is a connectedness to a larger perspective, a worldview of sorts. We no longer see ourselves as in need, but rather a desire to share and to give to others and to give to others without conditions or expects expectations. <laughs> love starts to seep in, the love that has no attachments, special relationships, or importance. The love that feels like contentment and freedom, and it's given to everyone equally. These episodes will not have daily tasks or suggestions on how to embrace the teachings of the book. My intention here is to share my interpretation of the teachings of the book in my own words to help you understand what and how you can benefit from shifting your perception and your thoughts to a place that will bring you peace and joy. I am living proof that it works. I have found that place and I would love for others to join me. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, which is episode two called Healing Love, the Freedom, sorry, Healing Love, the Kingdom and Freedom. It'll be uploaded on Sunday, May 24th. These will be bi-weekly episodes. Remember, this is our journey. Let us keep finding our way. Have a peace-filled couple of weeks, sending everyone lots of light. Love always, Denise.